0: live from the downtown studio the Flames talk post game show starts now
1: sportsnet 960 the fan
2: Okay, welcome to your Flames Talk post-game show on a Thursday night. The Flames wrap up a very difficult three-game road trip with a 3-2 shootout loss on the road in Minnesota. As uh, we are underway on your post-game coverage on this Thursday evening, the road trip 0-1 and uh, 1. the Flames lose in Colorado in regulation, lose in Vegas in overtime and tonight they lose in Minnesota in a shootout. So 2 of a possible 6 points earned. Phone line's open at 403 240 45 Text line open at 960-960. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Pat Steinberg with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills. And uh, Mick, another hard-fought game for the Flames, but uh, another night where they don't get the ultimate result. They only get the uh, one point in a shootout tonight.
3: Yeah, hard-fought game for sure. Not a great start by the group. Didn't love their first period, but like the way they turned things around in the second and started to play with a lot more speed and pace. Specialty teams obviously were a plus in this game with a power play goal and a shorthanded goal as well, but just gave up too much five-on-five in terms of chances. Um, Vladar was outstanding, I thought, had a a really solid game. Uh, The group blocked 22 shots, so that's another plus uh, in their game, and Yegor Sharangovich continues to be a really impactful player for this team, and He logged 21 minutes and 34 seconds of ice time, and that's second most amongst forwards. Just the only uh, guy that had more ice time than him was Elias Lindholm at nearly 25 minutes. But uh, another great game by Sharon Govich. But I think that this group needs to start to try to find a way to play, uh, I guess, a more even style of game in terms of playing right. well five on five uh, and playing well in their specialty team just need to play a much more well-rounded uh, even consistent game
4: yeah they can't seem to get everything going at the same time can they when they're mm-hmm. good five on five they struggle on special teams and when they're good on special teams they won the special teams battle by two tonight then not quite good enough at five on five and tough road trip i mean they Really did play well enough to win all three games against two really good teams and one pretty good team. And they come home to Calgary with two of a possible six points. And I hate to say this in the month of November, the Flames found ways to win. In the month of December, they've been finding ways to lose. They had a lead in the third period of all three games on this road trip, including a two goal lead in Denver on Monday night and they didn't win any of those games and that really does buck the the trend and skew the stats of what you normally see in this league
2: so the Flames fall 3-2 in a shootout on this Thursday night to wrap up a three-game road trip. They're back on home ice for Saturday when they host the Tampa Bay Lightning and then Monday against the Florida Panthers. It's Pat Steinberg along with you as we continue along on your Flames Talk post-game show. Let's head back to XL Energy Center in St. Paul where we're joined by Captain Michael Backlund with some immediate post-game reaction. Uh, Michael, another hard-fought one for the group. What did you, uh, what did you think of your group's efforts Tonight?
5: Yeah, after the first period, I thought we were the better team. Um, I mean, it was a tight game, but I thought we, um, you know, we were battling, uh, playing hard, like you said. Uh, it's a tight game. It was like a playoff type game with a lot of emotions out there. And yeah, well, you know, um, it's a tough one to lose some shootouts. Um we really needed this game to finish off the trip
2: what uh, what allowed you you talked about you didn't like the first period what uh, what does that say about the group that you're able to regroup pretty quickly and come out with a much better final 40 minutes
5: yeah I know we talked about it in the mission. Um, mission you know we had to be more uh, you know hard in battles and uh, stay in battles and uh, you know play with more energy uh, than we did in the first and I thought that's what we did for the rest of the game I thought it was uh, the battle all night and um, yeah it was a fun game to play uh, like I said it felt like a playoff type game uh, uh, so uh, but at the end very tough tough uh, tough loss
2: how do you uh, how do you like your penalty killing effort tonight you go three for three on the pk and uh, that really really helped you get this thing to extra time how do you like the way the penalty killing group played tonight
5: yeah uh, I mean the or the two two or three three goal was um was there a second right? That was pretty Yeah, much... I
2: guess it was right at the end, yep.
5: Yeah, so uh but yeah, no I thought, you know, when I was in the box the guys did a great job. Uh big kill in the end there, uh but only three minutes still or four minutes left. Um but yeah, it's too bad we couldn't finish off that after that shorty, uh we couldn't finish off that kill but I thought the guys Bell um, hard in the pK two.
2: final thought I know that the the road trip you don't come home with the record you were looking for. you come home for two games are are there some real positives you can take from this trip into uh Saturday and Monday against Tampa and Florida here?
5: Yeah, I mean you can't fault effort in any of these games uh, share execute execution at times uh, and uh, you know not finding ways to win uh, that's something we gotta talk about and. Find a way to get better at. Um, but the effort was there, all all road trip, and we battled really hard, and we played some really good teams, uh, some tight games. So, um, but we got to go home now and uh, find a way here to win two, and then back on the road.
2: Michael, really appreciate this tonight. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks, Pat. That is uh, Michael Backlund post game following tonight's 3-2 shootout loss in Minnesota. And uh, Wilsey, our uh, it's our Flames Talk post game show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, tonight's marquee matchup, Wilsey brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We talked in the pregame show about real opportunity to come home on this road trip and and finish it off with a win. You know, they were they, they played really well in those games in Colorado and Vegas with next to nothing to show for it, and a, a real chance to maybe feel just a whole lot better about the entire road trip if you could pick up a win tonight. They don't. I wonder if that puts a slightly more sour taste in the mouth coming back on the flight about the entire road trip as a whole. Absolutely.
4: Um,
2: you could hear it in Michael Backlund's voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They
4: played well enough to win all three games, and they didn't win any of them. That, that's got to be tough to take. You can't question their effort. Maybe you could in the first period tonight, but not in the second or in the third or in overtime. And they just have not been able to find a way to win in their last four games, and two out of six on this three-game road trip uh, isn't what they were looking for or what they were they needed. And I, I feel like I might feel differently, and maybe they would as well if they were in a different spot if they Mm -hmm. were in a better spot in the standings sometimes you play well enough to win and you lose it happens in this league but when you're in a position where you have to win way more than you lose to to stay in the playoff race I guess the process becomes less important and the results more important
3: well and I think just to add on to that I think you know they would feel differently if they were at a, a different point. You look at the body of work, the way that they've had to play to win hockey games, the adversity and the noise that they've had to deal with all season long. And I just think, you know, from a player's standpoint in how you feel mentally It really, it starts to compound and add up and it starts to to wear on you. So, you know, they were in a good spot before in terms of finding ways to win and coming back in games and that belief. But once things start trending in the other way, it's a real slippery slope and that things can start to go downhill a lot quicker just in the way that you feel. Uh, mentally on a day-to-day basis it, it becomes very exhausting so that's where they're going to need that leadership group it's been talked about a lot how great michael backland and the leadership group have been in terms of keeping the group on track um, and just keeping that belief in the room and keeping things positive and and keeping things light and keeping everyone on track they're really going to need that
2: yep Uh, Let's select tonight's hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Mick, which way are you uh, leaning for the hardest working flame tonight?
3: Am I allowed to pick the same player two games Absolutely. In a Absolutely. There are no, literally no, no rules. rules.
2: You, If you want, you could choose I make the rules. You could choose an assistant coach. You could choose Corey <laughs> Osmak on the bench. Like, whatever you want to do, there's no uh, rules on the hardest-working flame.
3: Well, I, I have to give it to Yegor Sharangovich again. He was just outstanding in this game. What I really liked... And what we're really starting to see from him is he's just all around the net all the time. When their their line is on the ice, you can tell he's getting himself into really good positions in order to be able to capitalize offensively. So I'm going to give it to him. Uh, mentioned that he played the second most amount of minutes amongst forwards at 21:34. He also had two points and a golden assist and was plus one eight shot attempts so another great game oh and i, I can't forget his shootout goal yeah that was right. in, oh. that was incredible i almost threw my pen across the room yeah,
2: it doesn't count on the <laughs> stat sheet but yegor sharon still the only player on the flames to have scored a shootout which goal is bonkers this season like another crazy stat there's so many crazy yeah. stats again yeah. this season Yegor Sharangovich for the second straight night, the hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Before we get to Ryan Huska, and before we get to some final thoughts, uh, I did want to quickly uh, take some time to talk about number 80, uh, Will Z, Dan Vladar. There are a lot of people who wanted to see Dustin Wolf in this game. A lot of people who, you know, talking about Dan gave up six on Monday night in Colorado, which he did, but I thought he was one of the best players on the ice i did not choose those three stars this evening they were all wild in the building but i thought dan vladar should have been one of the three stars uh and could easily have been i might go with him as the uh, player with heart tonight because i thought dan vladar came in gave the flames a quality start made 31 stops in this one tonight and there were some 10 belters in there i thought vladar looked very very sharp tonight
4: yeah, whoever picked the stars in St. Paul, uh, clearly a homer because I think Dan Vladar could have been a star. I think Igor Sharigovic could have been a star. A game that goes to a shootout, it feels like he probably should give uh, the other team one of the three stars, but uh, you don't get any money or anything for that, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But I thought he was excellent tonight. thought he gave the Flames a chance to win the hockey game, and it was an opportunity for him to, in a way, redeem himself because, remember, he started the game against the Wild last Tuesday, and I thought he was brilliant in the first period of that game. It was one nothing after 1. Probably could have been, maybe even should have been, 3 or 4 nothing through 20 minutes. He kept the minute, and then the Flames gave up a couple of goals early in the second. He got pulled a minute and a half in. But he gets to start against the Wild tonight, and I thought he was one of the best players on the ice. And I was hoping to see Dustin Wolf, only because... Dan Vladar has to clear waivers, and Dustin Wolf doesn't have to clear waivers. So I think it's pretty clear that, at least short term, when Jacob Markstrom comes back, Wolf's going to go down, and Vladar is going to stay up, and he's going to have the opportunity to continue to play in NHL games. And I've been pretty impressed with Wolf, so I thought uh, him getting another game would be good for him and potentially good for the Flames. But uh, Ryan Huska decided to go with Vladar. You can't fault the head coach for that decision because the goaltender gave his team a chance to yep. win this hockey game tonight.
3: Yeah, and I think for me I assumed yesterday that Dan Vladar would be the one playing. I think Dustin Wolf has been good. He hasn't been stellar. I'm still still watching him pretty closely and there's no doubt that he's an incredible goaltender. I'm not I'm not saying that he's not, but you also You know, to your point about the fact that Wolf will probably go down and Vladar will, you know, be the one that's backing up Markstrom. Well, you have to keep Vladar going a little Mm -hmm. bit. So I think that's why I assumed that Vladar would be playing because they need to keep him going. But I would agree with. Your analysis 100% and that Vladar was outstanding. What is always so impressive to me about goaltenders as well is the amount of pressure that they face in terms of their performance. Like, they make one mistake and the puck's in the back of their net. As a forward, you can make mistakes and you have the defense to back you up. As a defenseman, you can make mistakes and you have your goaltender to back you up. As a goaltender, you make a mistake, you're you're the GOAT, you know, and you're either the hero or the GOAT. And just what was on this game for Dan Vladar, what was riding, he's under. Under the gun in terms of his performance and the way that he needed to play and he was he was up to the task
2: uh okay final score three two in a shootout flames fall to the minnesota wild here on this thursday night as our flames talk post game show is underway we're going to hear from head coach ryan huska momentarily then get to your phone calls and texts but before we do that some final thoughts from our broadcast duo of megan mickelson and Derek will starting with mick
3: Yeah, for me, it's this team needs to find a way to play well in all areas. So five-on-five and on specialty teams as well. They're getting good goaltending that's giving them chances to win hockey games. So they need to find a way to tie it all together and then uh, just – you know, on my comment about the leadership group and needing to keep this team on the, on the tracks and, and on the rails moving forward. That's going to be really important coming home uh, in these two hockey games. And, you know, there's no easy games in this league. So just making sure that they come home and they, they try to stay positive and, and keep working and, and stick with it, but need to play a much more well-rounded game.
4: And some weird things have been happening. And I guess you could argue some weird things happened in November when the Flames kept giving up the first goal and kept battling back, whether yeah. it be you know before the third period or in the third period. Those things generally don't happen often. But now it's kind of flipped the other way, where during this road trip, the Flames won the special teams battle in two of the three games and lost both of those games. And they won the special teams battle by two In those games, they had the lead in the third period in all three games and they lose all three games. This stuff just generally doesn't happen, at least not game after game after game in the NHL. So some weird stuff, but they could have won all three games. They probably should be coming back to Calgary with more than two of a possible six points, but it is what it is. And it's uh, probably easier for us to sit here and say that, uh, they should look at the positives and and not at the negatives uh, of this road trip. And they uh, should keep their heads up, but probably easier said than done with Mm -hmm. where they're at in the standings. And they didn't get any help on the uh, Alberta Ford dealers out of town scoreboard tonight either. So, Uh, They played some pretty good hockey. I I think there are certainly some good things you can take uh, from the tapes of their three games on the road. But uh, ultimately, this is a team that needs to win way more than lose with the position that they're in. And they had a regulation loss and an overtime loss and a shootout loss on a tough three-game and four-night road trip. So not the results they were hoping for, even though the process was pretty good. So if uh, they can come home and uh, play the same brand of hockey and – clean a few things up, then uh, I like their chances to have uh, a good weekend against the two Florida teams.
2: All right, friends. Uh, We'll see you on Saturday for a game against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday morning. We'll see you then. uh, Talk to you then. Sounds good. Have a good Uh, night. Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills signing off on this Thursday night. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. His post-game thoughts following a 3-2 shootout loss in Minnesota.
0: This, This was a good game. Um probably for both sides, I would say. I thought we had a slow first 10 minutes, but then I liked our our game from that that point forward. So um, I, I felt like we deserved the extra point tonight.
6: Was it one of those? Uh, you know, talk about the early part of the first, but where it started to, you know, slowly climb in, and made it look they seemed like it had some of the momentum there through almost the second as well.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think to start the game, I don't know if we were engaged um, physically the way you need to be to play and, and win games. But then I thought there were some scrums, and um, right. Marty, I thought, did a good job of kind of dragging people into the fight a little bit tonight, and it, I think, it helped get our game going.
6: I was going to ask you, they, they seem to be chasing him a couple of times yeah. there. Is that that's just part of his game that uh, you know seemed. To maybe spark it a little bit.
0: Yeah, he's just, he's a he's a competitive young man that just plays and plays hard and sometimes um, he gets under the skin of, of, of his opponent, but that's what makes him who he is.
6: Blake talked about, um, you, you know, you get the goal shorthanded, but just trying to make sure you, I know it's a power play goal, but, mm-hmm. you know, avoid that quick quick uh, rebound, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a bit of a knuckle puck that went away from Blady, I think a, a strange one, but uh, you're right, you have, Chances at that time of the game, they they basically killed the whole thing, right? And you want to make sure you finish it, finish it the right way to allow us to, um, you know, win the game type thing. Yeah.
6: The shootout goal was, uh, you know, Vladi didn't know for sure. He felt they reviewed it. I yeah. Mean, what's your take on, um, you know, whether I guess the touch? Is yeah.
0: There? I mean, it, it initially you thought it was, but I don't think there was a second touch like we saw earlier in the year. I can't remember which team it was, but. Um, uh, you know, the NHL looks at all of those and they determine it was a good goal. So you can't really say much about it.
2: That is head coach Ryan Huska post-game following tonight's 3-2 shootout loss in Minnesota. Okay, call now, 403-240-4444. Text now, 960-960. We'll get to your phone calls and your texts very, very shortly as we continue along on your Flames Talk post-game show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your calls your techs, and a whole lot more as we continue along on a Thursday night. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
4: The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960,
2: The Fan. All right, call now, 403-240-4444. Text now, nine sixty nine sixty. Flames fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Minnesota Wild to finish off this road trip at... they get two of a possible uh, six points on this road trip, and uh, they will come back home to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. Tough one, all three games, the Flames held a third period lead. All three games, they couldn't hold it. They go regulation loss, overtime loss, and in this one, a shootout loss fourth round of a shootout is when this one was decided some you know I'll, I'll echo first of all I'll echo Megan Mickelson mixed thoughts uh, the, the biggest takeaway for me is just another supremely confident game from Yegor Sharangovich this guy continues to impress Wes Gilbertson and I spent a lot of time talking about Yegor and the return on the Tyler Toffoli trade in Flames talk on Thursday or on the uh, the first hour of Flames talk on Thursday. Like this guy has been dynamite uh, since about the beginning of November. And I'm not saying that he's the better player than Toffoli. I'm not saying, that, but he leads the team with 10 goals. He had two more points tonight. He's shooting the puck a ton. He's the only player on the team with a shootout goal this season. And. I just I think what we're seeing from Yegor Sharangovich is a very skilled player who is gradually coming more and more into his own and gradually getting more and more comfortable as a member of the Flames. I think there was a significant adjustment period in the month of October for him, lifestyle-wise, uh, in in a lot of different ways. I think there were. Um, uh, some adjustments on ice, off ice, everything. Well, now that that adjustment period is starting to end, and he's starting to really feel comfortable both on and off the ice in Calgary. You're seeing you're seeing the things that the Flames really liked in him, and and we played the clip on that hour of Flames talk from Craig Conroy from that late June afternoon when the Flames made the Toffoli trade, and the things that Conroy talked about were his ability to play all three forward positions, his shot, his penalty killing ability, his two way ability, and how. He's a guy that uh, they feel if they elevate him up the lineup compared to where he was in New Jersey, a guy that could really flourish and his five-on-five scoring. Well, all those things we've seen come to the forefront over the last six weeks. He's been one of the real... Positive stories. You know, you've got the Connor Zary story. You've got Nazim Kadri's uh, re emergence. You've got Martin Pospisil. You've got Dustin Wolf. You've got Blake Coleman. Like, there are some definite positives to go along with the Lindholm, Huberdo, Mangiapani negatives and the fact the Flames remain three games below 500. But you've got some real positives, and Yegor Sharangovich is turning into one of the big positives for the Calgary Flames this year. Uh, so I, I just wanted to point that out. I thought that uh, he was really. Really, really strong again this evening. And how about the connection he and Blake Coleman have shorthanded? They are. We always talk about Backlund and Lindholm as a power doer power duo killing penalties for the Flames. Well, there's another one. There's a power duo of Blake Coleman and Yegor Sharangovich. They combined on another shorthanded goal tonight. It was a shorthanded goal that gave the Flames a very short-lived 2-1 lead in the third period. Let's hear uh, from Blake Coleman post-game in St. Paul, Minnesota after a 3-2 shootout loss.
6: Oh, it's, a, it's a pretty straight, uh, you know, one little loss. How would you kind of, of describe
7: the right of this one? Another game probably could have gone either way, I think. Um, you know, they had a better first, and I thought we got better as the game went and started to turn the game over a little bit. And, um, you know, shootout could have gone either way, and the made some big saves, and we just got to find ways to, to win those, those types of games.
6: Where did you see, I mean, you talk about the first, where did you see things start to turn and maybe you started to carry a little bit
7: of this game? Uh, I just thought the second was better. I thought they had a pretty good surge. Um, obviously, in their own building, they've been a good first-period team, so it wasn't a surprise. And, uh, you know, it kept it to one, a one-goal lead and, um, you know, we were able to get one to tie it. And then... Um, you know, we just gotta find ways to get the lead again, and and they score a quick one. We gotta find ways to not have those quick uh, responses on us uh, after going up in games. And um, you know, it's another lead that we felt like we should have come out of here uh, with two points.
6: Did you feel like you had enough looks in that third? After after they tied it up, it just the way the rest of the period went to you know, find
7: one, find one more. It's a tight checking game, I think. You know, they didn't give us much and um, their goalie played well and they needed him. But, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be one of those 2-1, one, one nothing low scoring, just uh, tight checking road game. And that's what it was. And um, You know, like I said, you win that shootout, we're all feeling a little different right now.
4: Sure. You get a boost from the shorty, but then, you know, did you maybe sag a little
2: bit because you're still killing a penalty at that point?
7: Well, I just, yeah, like that's the response I'm talking about. I think, you know, it's happened too much where we scored goals in games and we've given one up in the next 30, 40 seconds. Um, it kind of takes the air out of the tires. So i uh, got to find ways to, to have a good follow-up shift and, and keep the pressure on the other team.
2: That is Blake Coleman post game following a 3-2 shootout loss on the road in Minnesota. It's time for tonight's save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. Dan Vladar got the start in net, and I thought he was great. Uh, Dan Vladar was strong all night long, and in that first period, it could have been a whole lot worse, and it could have been a, a whole lot more lopsided than just the one nothing lead. And a big reason for that was the play of Vladar, so des- deserves a lot of credit there. And just overall thought. Dan had himself a really, really strong night. Uh, Let's hear Dan Vladar's save of the game. It comes in, actually doesn't come at any point in regulation. It comes in the shootout. All right, now Frederick Gaudreau, no relation to
4: Johnny. They'll pick up the pocket center and stick handling up the left wing side. Gaudreau comes in slowly, Deeks shoots, and Vladar
2: makes a scorpion save to keep the puck out. Wow that ends up being uh, not a save that actually counts, but it was by far the best stop of the night for Dan Vladar. Uh, he ends up making 31 stops in this game this evening, and that was his save of the game. It was a gorgeous one on the uh, shootout attempt from Freddie Gaudreau to keep the shootout going, and that's the save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to KidSport Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com the better way to build well the way things have gone they've kind of rotated between Wolf and Vladar gone back and forth uh, and I know Vladar got the uh, consecutive starts uh, and came and played in that game against New Jersey on Saturday but that was supposed to be Vladar's game but he was uh, sick with the flu so couldn't go and backed up in that game and they went with Vladar instead so I guess what I'm interested to see. We're not exactly sure if Jacob Markstrom will be ready for Saturday. It feels like Monday against Florida is more likely that we see Markstrom return. So if Markstrom doesn't play Saturday against Tampa Bay, I'm curious if they stick with Vladar or go back to Wolf. Might be our last chance to see Dustin Wolf on this particular recall. That's going to be uh, quite interesting as we move towards Saturday's game. Okay. Uh, text lines open at 960, 960, and, uh, let's dive in right now. Let's, uh, start with Nathan, who says, hard-fought game tonight, Pat. Could have gone either way. Thought the boys battled hard, felt a bit like a playoff game. My one question, how do you explain Zuccarello's shootout goal counting? Looked clear as day as he scored on the rebound. Uh, They should have won that, had that not counted. Thought they got unlucky. I also would have liked to see Zeri get a shot over Huberdeau. Uh, Okay, so first of all on the Zuccarello shot. So if you go watch the replay, essentially what happened was the Flames, the, the Flames weren't necessarily complaining about it, but what was happening there was the NHL was reviewing and the command center was reviewing whether or not it was a double tap. You can't double tap on a shootout, right? Uh, Once you take the shot um, and it is stopped by the goaltender, it's not a goal. But if you go look at the replay, it is you're allowed to double tap it if it doesn't hit the goalie. So I'm looking at the replay right now. Zuccarello misses it. It never touches Dan Vladar. The puck never touches Dan Vladar. So essentially what happens is because it never touches him, at least the way that I understand it, is that Zuccarello is able to get that second tap on it. Um, so that's why I believe that shootout goal counted after review, um, which is by the book as far as I understand. Uh, this says, "Why would Huska pick Huberto? Talking about the shootout, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I that was a just knowing. The way things have gone for Huberto, another pointless game. Um, yeah, I, I was I was a little surprised with the game on the line. They went with number ten. Um, not not because I not because I don't think Jonathan should never be in a shootout, but just knowing where the confidence issues lie right now with with Huberto and knowing the importance of that moment, I was a little surprised by it too. So uh, maybe Ryan Huska thought that. Huberdeau was uh, really going at that point. Um, he did play better after a pretty dreadful first period. Huberdeau was much better in the, the final 40 minutes of the game. So maybe that played into it. I don't know. I was a little surprised by it too. Kyle writes, I uh, loved the game tonight. I watched the Calgary team play together for nearly an entire game. I'm not going to touch Huberdeau. That guy's been discussed to death, except to say that he gets taken off the power play and all of a sudden the Flames have success. It was a hard-fought, good-hitting, emotional game. The team needs that emotion. They need the aggressive play in the neutral zone. The constant pressure is the hockey that works for them. The last three games, we've seen Kadri uh, have standout performances. Vladar Wolf, Anderson Weger, and Sharon Govich as well. The team's playing together in a predictable-to-each-other fashion. If they keep this pace up, the wins will come, and the season will start to tighten up for them. This is the game we've been asking for since 2020. Just hard work. The rest will come. Great game. That comes from Kyle. Very positive. Uh, Max says... Flames need to figure out what their plan is in overtime. They look tired and super disorganized. Got to win them in overtime and avoid the shootout. I mean, yes, if you can do that, that would probably be um, the way to go because shootout's not so good for the Flames. They're uh, 0-4 in shootouts this year. Uh, they are 3-0 in overtime prior to Tuesday. They're now 3-1, so they were 3-0 prior to Tuesday's overtime loss in Vegas. Um, but I, I actually, even tonight, I didn't have a problem with Calgary's playing overtime at all. Uh, they were smart with the puck. They didn't force anything. And I, I thought that was a strong overtime period from the Flames. Gave them an opportunity to win the game. And, and I know that they don't win the game, but they had a couple of forays offensively. I I actually thought it was, a especially compared to last year and how disorganized they were in overtime. I thought I thought this was a pretty solid overtime game this evening. Um this says, from Kevin in Calgary, why, why, why anyone else but Huberdeau to win the game in the shootout? What could possibly be the thought process behind that brutal decision? And with all his giveaways and a lot ending up in Calgary's net, why does he dress in, dress game in and game out? He's a liability and anyone else wouldn't be playing. This is going to be a long eight years. Steven Reddeer says, why in God's name, why would Huska pick Huberdeau in the shootout? The man has absolutely stunk all season and then he picks him in the shootout. I'm so but that is just bad coaching. The Flames desperately need every point in the standings they can get yet Huska picks Huberdeau in the shootout absolutely mystifying. Um, I I have there's a few of these texts that are similar to the last two. Uh, this says, why does Huberto keep getting a shootout spot? He doesn't know what to do with the puck when his teammates are there to help. Why would he know what to do with it when he's by himself? Frustrating. This, is, uh, this says, what is coach doing with putting Huberto out on the shootout? He should be fired. What's wrong? Anyone but him. Uh, Stafford's in w- Ta- win tonight. Uh, says, valiant efforts usually lead to favorable results, but when you're a mediocre team, not much more can be expected. Unless you have a game-breaker, which they don't, I'm not sure you can expect much more from this club. Even when their goaltending is stellar, it seems they come up short. They simply don't have the quarter horse studs to finish. Don't get me wrong, the boys gave up three gave three solid efforts over four nights, but with no game-breakers in the barn, the wins will be hard to come by. We're optimistically a 500 club, and that's not good Enough to get you where you need to be. Question: How many games have the Flames won when their goalie puts in an above 900 game? I don't know that off the top of my head. I, I would imagine probably more than when their goalie's been below 900, but I don't I don't have that one Stafford uh, right off the top of my head. Uh, this one from Mike. A uh, direct turnover by Huberto caused a goal. Why, then, is he on the ice for overtime? And why is he on the ice for the shootout? He's done nothing to deserve that ice time. Uh, this from Mike and Regina. Huberto with a horrible turnover to give the Wild the 1-0 lead. And then with the game on his stick, he puts that attempt on net. You could make a case Huberto lost this game. The hard truth hurts, but while he's aflame, this team will not get over the hump. Uh, this reads, they're done. Conroy's got to get busy and start moving pieces out here quickly. Get the rebuild going. It's a mess. Without the loser point, it would be worse. Uh, this reads, again, you can't fault the effort of this team. Dubé looked the best he's looked in two months. Sharon Govich looked really good again. Vladar was excellent, and that Scorpion save was crazy. Then again, nothing from the usual suspects. Huberto's terrible board work on the first goal was typical of his tenure in Calgary. And why Lindholm in the shootout, he was missing the net all night. Try Zeri already. Youth looked good again tonight. Uh, This reads, I'd rather Nick Ritchie come back for a shootout than watch Huberto take another attempt. That guy is a world-class choke artist. And finally from Seb in McKenzie. Disappointed with the loss, but I'll focus on one huge positive. Sharky's found his game with this team. This is a gauntlet of a week, and I'm holding out hope the Flames, uh, the games before Christmas can get them closer to 500. Also, am I wrong in thinking this team might have more shorthanded goals in their last half-dozen games than power play goals? Have a Great night. I'll be cheering from the dome on Saturday. There you go. A few of the uh, opening texts 96960. Lots more to get to as we continue along on your Flames Talk post-game show following a Flames 3-2 shootout loss on the road in Minnesota. My name is Pat Steinberg on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 96960. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight and say hello to Heron. What's going What's going on, Aaron? Hey, Patty. Uh, I got one question for you. Yes. I
8: think all this team needs is actually a little bit of Brass Bonanza. I mean, they're down in the dumps. I know you don't do Brass Bonanza unless it's something special, but I, I've been listening to you guys since 2007. I remember when Brad Stewart got traded, listened to Rob Kerr all night long when I was eight years old. I think we just needed
2: a little pick-me-up. I think we need some brass tonight. I can't do it. It's breaking the rules. You can First of all, you can't do Brass Bonanza on this show um, when uh, you're below 500. Uh, so that is the number one rule. Uh, and they're currently three games below 500. I, I just can't do it tonight, Heron. I I appreciate I appreciate the faith in the song. I just it, it I I can't do it tonight. And also because of the the our format change and when we become real podcast heavy, I don't even think I can play it on the uh, on the program um, if they if they win a big game make the playoffs or every time they win a playoff game then you're guaranteed i did i can't do it tonight
8: i understand patty but i mean maybe a little christmas gift for us back down south in calgary i mean i don't know we we got to change the tide i think we need a little brass from patty that's all i'm saying a little christmas gift
2: early i'll think about it, Aaron. i just don't think i can do it i'm a pretty big stickler for the rules see what I, yeah, I and yeah, I also yeah, need to I also need to look into uh whether or not I can even play that on Flames Talk podcast. <laughs> I got I have to look into good, the actual Patty, We love you. Thanks, Heron. Appreciate it. And you know what? I appreciate you thinking positive. That's good. That's a good way to kick it off. Go Flames go, baby. Have a good night, man. I do appreciate the uh, the faith in the horns of Brass Bonanza. I just got to go see if it's a licensed song or not because I get in trouble if we play licensed music on podcasts. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a 3-2 shootout loss on the road in Minnesota. Flames have now lost four in a row. They go 0-1-2 on this three-game road trip. Kyle is up next. What's up, Kyle? Hey, Pat. How you doing? I'm okay, man. How are you?
9: well, thanks. That Heron guy, he seems like a good guy with that Brass Bonanza thing. Uh, Too bad we can't play it, but uh, we appreciate uh, everything you do. Um, Just wanted to say, I know it's been talked about in the text messages that you guys got about the Huberto shootout. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your highest paid employee is your worst employee and you reward him with an opportunity like that. I don't get it. In my line of work, that doesn't happen in my line of work. I'm out of a job. How does a $10 million man that's not performing, get that opportunity? I know you've talked about it over the text. How does that happen?
2: I, I was um, rather surprised by it as well. I mean, I, I can't tell you what the coach was thinking. Um, I wouldn't, that would not have been my choice with the game on the line myself.
9: I get it. It's uh, I feel for the guy. It's probably he's got a lot of pressure on him, but I I just don't I don't get it. You got Zari, you got Passasil, you got Weger. He's been playing well, and then you go with ten million dollar man that's uh, being poopy pants, and I don't know. But uh, hey, you got us guys down south Calgary and Seton paying to play hockey, and we're trying harder than that. But uh, love you, Pat, and have a great night.
2: Hey, you have a great night as well, Kyle. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, it would not have been my first choice with the game on the line either. You know, that I, I, I get like Jonathan Huberdeau, when he's feeling it, has a high level of skill. And I think there are times when leaning Jonathan's way in the shootout would make a lot of sense. I just, this one was one, and I, I typically don't, go too heavy on being critical of shootout decisions because it is such a by feel thing for a coach but this one was a super super head scratcher for me um I was when I heard uh the PA announcer in St. Paul say shooting next for the Calgary Flames with the game on his stick and um they gave it to Huberdeau, I, I was I was quite surprised. That would not have been the guy I would have been leaning towards in that situation. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Next up, George. What's up, George? How much, Patty. How are
1: you doing tonight, buddy?
2: Good, man. How are you?
1: Good. I
2: While I applaud
1: the first caller for his optimism, it feels like we're not going to hear Brass Bonanza for the next eight years, the way things are going with this team. So, uh, But, yeah, if... Uh, my suggestion to him is if go on youtube and google it and then blast that song you know cuz it's going to be a while before we hear it here oh boy
2: well i mean you want the team to go in a different direction george so if they yeah. go in a different yeah, direction maybe it's not an 8 year situation maybe it's uh maybe they can get things with some younger players and going a little bit of a younger direction i don't think it needs to be 8 years
1: well for sure, Patty. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm kinda of saying it tongue in cheek because I don't even even if you have a guy like Hubert on your roster for eight years. I mean
2: Oh, I see. I you know, I, you I over- get the eight years. I okay now I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: But you know what I mean. I mean you're right.
2: I'm I'm kind of saying it tongue in cheek anyway, but Okay. Uh fair enough.
1: We're gonna go positive. I do want to say something positive. I, I said last call that Sharon Govich had his best game as a flame, and then he destroyed that tonight. He topped that. I mean he tonight was his best game as a flame. He was all over it just man i hope he can keep it up patty i really do because i just i'm i'm falling more and more in love with this player every time i see him play this month it's just he's he's really really impressed me really impressed me like uh i love everything about his game right now every every single aspect of his game his two-way game his scoring ability his passing ability his play on the penalty kill like bravo to him like good on him like Mm -hmm. honestly like he's been you know there have been bright spots on this team this year, but and he's been a, a large one here in, in the last, uh, you know, in the last month especially. So, so kudos to him.
2: Well, I mean, it's it's been, it, it took him some time to uh, get comfortable, but he is tied for the team lead with seven even strength goals. Uh, you add in two shorties and a power play goal, and he's up to 10 on the season uh, overall. Um, so he's got the seven shorthanded, seven even strength goals this year. Uh, Tyler Toffoli's got eight, and I and, and just. The the whole idea there's been a lot of well Craig Conroy got completely fleeced in the in the Tyler Toffoli trade which I have really tried to push back on um, as much as possible because I just I I never felt that way from the get go and certainly what we're seeing right now like that doesn't look like a team that's been fleeced it looks like a deal that's worked out really nicely for both sides. The the Devils are a team that feels like they're in a closer contending window than than the Flames are. To Foley was looking for a long term deal here, and that wasn't gonna make sense for the Flames. So I I think they may. And the Flames also got a third round pick and a guy that um, just ended up being named the Rookie of the Week in in his college conference as a freshman. And uh, Adar Suniev's looking really good. And the Flames I know are really really excited about what he can be all about, I just, sometimes sometimes there doesn't need to, you don't need to have a hot take on every trade and say that oh, well, this team got fleeced and this team clearly lost. You know, sometimes trades can be beneficial for both sides. The Devil's got the best player right now, and he's fit in nicely there. The Flames got the younger player by six years and who now has almost as many even strength goals as fully does, which is exactly what Craig Conroy talked about when they acquired him. They got team control on him, and they got the third round pick. I I think it's worked out really nicely for both sides.
1: Yeah, look, admittedly, I didn't like the trade when it happened too, but it's looking a whole lot better. I mean, you got can't deny that right now. And this is from someone who didn't like the trade when it first happened either. So, you know, I, I'm admitting that, you know, I've turned a corner on that so far too. You know, I, I mean, facts are facts, right? And you're right. Everything everything you just said, you're you're 100% right, right so far. So I just hope it continues, both for the team's sake and for the player's sake. Because I like right. the player. So, you know, good on him. Good on him, honestly. Um, I didn't want to do it, Patty. And I've been, honestly, I've been actively avoiding talking about him, but I I can't. I I got you tonight. I mean, I don't like, honestly, I don't like piling on the guy. But with Huberto, you you know, it's one thing when you're not producing and putting up points and the contract and all that, et cetera, et cetera, fine. Okay, right? It's another thing when you're actually costing your own team goals, like that first Minnesota goal. And then, uh, no one's brought this up, but... Did anyone not notice he missed a wide open net again tonight? When the, the goal that they reviewed because they thought it may have went in, but you couldn't conclusively see it. Which I agree, you can't call a goal because you didn't see the puck cross the line. But the guy had a wide open net, and it, and it just he missed. I I don't I've I've been watching hockey my entire life, and I honestly can't remember seeing someone miss a wide open net twice in one week. I was just losing it. I was like, what is happening right now?
2: there is um there's a significant I, I, I think there is a significant confidence issue right now with Jonathan um, and I think you're talking about a guy that is really trying to figure out like okay what what am I and how do I for for a guy who everything I don't want to say came easy. But for a guy that was used to being a very – has has always been a very productive player at every level and in the NHL, and especially the last number of years prior to joining the Flames, he's been an extremely productive player in this league. And now all of a sudden, he, I, I think he's kind of like – I, I don't know – how do, I, like, I, I think he's having a real hard time reinventing himself as a player right now or reinventing the way that he generates offense. And I think there is a significant confidence issue going on right now. I think he is thinking way too much and thinking about why he's not scoring goals or getting points when he's on the ice. And that leads to just all kinds of uh, confidence issues when you're playing like i I honestly think that this guy is completely shook and and um, George I, I don't know how you fix that I really don't
1: a hundred percent I completely agree with everything you just said and and you made a very good point no one else talks about it's one thing what he did with Florida for four years in a row and even before that remember how good he was in junior and i I saw some some game like I saw him play in junior not often, but I saw him. The guy got drafted third overall for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like he, I mean, it's 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 madness when you think about it. It's maddening. I, I don't know. I'll leave that one alone because that that one's just a, a gigantic mystical mystery. I don't
2: know. I, and I, I, I at, I at this know. point, George, I don't know what you do. I don't know I how know. you fix it. And I think the flames I know. are You're right. honestly, man. I think the flames are terrified. Like, how do you fix a guy that? he might feel like he's broken at this point yeah I don't know, and I and I, I asked we, that rhetorically because I don't friggin know I have no idea how you how you fix this other than keep trying different things and and seeing if something can click I don't know
1: maybe maybe scratch the guy and let him have a few games off tell him go to Vegas man hammer it out, get with the boys. I don't know. To, I mean, I say that jokingly, but maybe not. I know, man. I know. It's like, it's way more questions than answers at this point. If we had the answers, obviously, we'd be the ones telling it to him, as with the team. Anyway, final one here, my friend. I'll let you go. But uh, do you think after the trade freeze, um, more, let's say, realistically, into the new year, January, we start to see some players being traded away from this team?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think that's probably a... Um... That's probably a fair. Um, that's probably a fair timeline. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll see, my man. Ah, uh, yeah, onward and upward, right? Well, probably talk to you after the the Tampa game. Is that is that an afternoon game?
2: No, that's an evening game. That's an eight o'clock Calgary
1: time okay. start. Okay, good, good. You probably will hear from me then. Those afternoon games on the weekends are impossible for me. I'm working during those times, so that's that's why you don't hear from me then. But, yeah, I'll probably talk to you after the Tampa game, my friend. I hope you have a wonderful evening.
2: Thank you, Georgie. You be well, buddy.
1: Right. You too, man. Take care.
2: Uh, let's say hello to Tony following tonight's 3-2 shootout loss. What's up, Tony? Hey, Pat. How are you, buddy? Good, man. Uh, the man who felt like the Flames got fleeced on the Toffoli trade. Now, now, now how's Sharon Govich for you?
8: Yeah, you know, I knew you were going to bring that up, man. I knew you were going to bring it. Just up. because, you know just because hey. I love you. Yeah, uh, you know, hey, I'm glad to be wrong when it helps the flames out. You know, like, yeah, he's looking really good. He's,
2: uh, well, he's and playing- look, him, man. Like, I, I get it. He did not look this good to start. Um, he looked like a pretty timid player early on. He's he's really turned it around, though. Good on him.
8: Yeah, you know, he's playing first line uh, minutes, which is. Deserves he's playing it and he's playing the power plays. Yeah, he's looking good. I'm, I'm glad I'm wrong. Yeah, I hope he gets forty goals. <laughs> yeah. I hope. you know. But I'm telling you, brother Hooper, I don't know what the heck's wrong with this kid, man. It's it's craziness. Like I, like would you go to a, a team like Columbus, right? Line there? Uh, uh, he's struggling too. Would they consider trading the two? Like, uh, you know, if Calgary had to keep maybe a one point five million to make it work. Uh, you're talking, you say,
2: you say, you're saying line A? Yeah. I don't think there's any chance. And the reason I say that is because the the length of contracts.
8: Yeah. Like. Well, isn't his contract fairly long, fat too? Uh,
2: I'm just going to go pull it up right now. Um, line A only has two more years left after this.
8: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not going to work. But I'm I, I don't know what they have to do. Maybe he needs to go talk to someone like this. You can't go from being a, an all-star for, you know, before he came to Calgary every year, basically. <laughs> it's like, it's, it, it's you know, it's crazy. Like, you know, if you think about the Flames, they're not doing that back. They've lost 200-point guys, you know. And, and, you know, so you think a hoop girl would take up the slack of it, but he's not. It's just, it, it's crazy. And Lindholm, I don't know what he's doing out there. It's like okay, it's proven that maybe I was saw Lindholm carried that line with Goudreau and and um, Kachuk, but uh, I was completely wrong. I was just it's, it's I think the other two guys made him look at or he just he just doesn't want to be here anymore. You know, it's like craziness, but you know it, it, these guys don't want. It. The sooner you get them out, the better. I'm thinking like you know uh, like. Even if they did make the playoffs, pop, what are they going to do, brother? They're going to—it's not going to end well. But I—I I know this team's so confusing because they seem to play good against these top teams, even against Vegas and against um, Colorado. I thought they played pretty good. Like it could have went either way, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's just weird, brother. I don't know. Like, and I would have given Coronado a chance. Like, what, he played one bad game. I didn't think he played that bad. Look at Ruziska. What has he been doing? This this guy hasn't done anything all year, and yeah. they keep playing him. Look, Coronado, and you uh, know I think the like, guy hit the goalpost. If he would have scored that game, they would have said, "Oh yeah, i are going to keep playing him." Like, how bad did he play? Kubrul assisted on the first goal for <laughs> for Minnesota. Like, I don't get it.
2: You know, I, I don't know, Pat. Like. I, I Tony I, I honestly don't know what to tell you at this point because I I'm a big fan of Jonathan Huberdo. He's a very easy guy to cheer for. I really want him to do well and yet I don't know what to say I mean as I said he, he he's bordering on looking like a, a you, you worry at this point that he's unfixable that's that's how bad it's gotten. And I'm not saying it is. And there's still seven and a half years to go on the contract. Yeah. But, like, it, it's – I know the Flames organization is terrified because of what is committed here. And as a Flames fan, I, I get it that you're like, what do you do? And I, I'm i starting – like, I'm not starting. I, I'm i completely out of potential solutions. I, I don't know at this point. Like, you bring a, uh, another
8: – like Declarant you bring I don't know but maybe bring Declarant but like I said I wouldn't give up anything to get Duclair. Really. That's why that's why I say
2: if they want to do something like that, wait till the summertime. You don't need to you don't need to go and give up a pick to bring in Duclair now. Um, you can wait and overpay him in the summer. If they're going to go in a younger direction, then they're going to not be as worried about the salary cap. And if they're not going to be as worried about the salary cap, then you can go and overpay a guy like Anthony Duclair for two or three years and uh, and when I say overpay, I mean you can offer him more that he'd get elsewhere and maybe offer him another year because maybe that can get Huberdeau going a little bit while some of your younger players start to get up to speed as well. That I just don't think trading for Duclair and giving up a mid-round pick makes a bunch of sense right now. Okay, Pat. Okay, how
8: about not a pick, but how about a roster player like like Grisica or or Dub or Dubé or someone like that, like? You're not giving up. Uh, you're giving up an asset, but you're not giving up a draft pick. Would you consider doing something like that?
2: I still wouldn't. I, I would. No. I would still go try try to see if you could find somebody in the off season, whether it's declare or somebody else that you think would be a good target to play with Huberto. I that would that was just that would just be me. I guess I, I would I would um, dislike it less if it was something like that, but. I feel like still a um, trying to sign him in free agency might be the way to go.
8: Yeah, maybe. Like, a Codre, I'm happy with Codre. Like, he's playing good this He's year. been great. I, he's been great. Like, he's been – this is what I expected from him. He's doing really good. You know, like, okay, well, we'll see what happens, Pat. Like, uh, at least Tampa did us a favor. They beat Edmonton tonight, so that's good. You know, so we'll see what happens Saturday, brother.
2: All right, buddy. You be well, Tony. Yeah, you take care. Thanks, man. Uh, Phone lines at 403-240-4444 following a Flames 3-2 shootout loss in Minnesota. It's uh, Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show as we say hello to Annand. What's up, Annand?
10: Good evening, Patty. How are you? I'm
2: okay, man. How are you?
10: Yeah, I'm okay, too. Yeah, definitely another tough hot game by the boys. Uh, Definitely, I was happy that it didn't go too out of control, like the last game we played against Minnesota Wild. I had a little fear, uh, but I'm glad the boys stuck uh, along and took it till to at least till uh, shoot shootout. So, uh, good for that. I am impressed by Sharangovich. First of all, he is amazing. Uh, I like to call him the nickname of Sharon Goldwich, So he has been amazing for us. Uh, Nazim Kadri, amazing too. Uh, Connor Zari, awesome too. Even, um, yeah, my question or concern again with Huberdo, I know we have been talking about it already. But what do you think, uh, like uh, earlier George said, maybe giving him a rest game a couple of days and then bringing in Coronado or somebody, would that be a possibility? Or maybe trying Huberdo with uh, Zari and Possible? and shift her a for a couple games, do you think any of those options could work?
2: Potentially, yeah. I mean, I, at this point, I I don't know if any of that would work, but I, I'm also, I think anything that you try, you could say, yeah, I, I guess, give that a try.
10: All right, and uh, yeah, we didn't. See, I didn't hear much of uh, Roshitka tonight on the ice. Uh, what did you think of his play? Did he play uh, too good, or what do you think about his play tonight?
2: He played 9:14 tonight. Thought that line was strong in the first period, and then kind of faded as the night went along.
10: All right, gotcha. And uh, do we have any update on Chris? I know he came back to Calgary, but uh, do you think he'll be ready to play soon, or no?
2: I I don't think it's um, a super long-term thing, Um, but I also, I I don't know if you'll be ready for Saturday, but I I don't think that we're talking about like a a really, really long-term thing either. All
10: right, and last question. I know earlier in the uh, pregame you said uh, Marsham is almost ready to come back. So do we see Dustin Wolf uh, for another game? Do we see Dan Blader or do we see... Well, Jake,
2: I, 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 I think Jacob is close. Um, so if it's not Saturday, it's probably Monday. So we'll just see what they decide to do. But Markstrom is is very close. Just depends on if they decide to go with him on Saturday, if they feel that he's uh, fully ready, or if one more game uh, and a couple more practices might do him well. Uh, and and honestly. I don't know what they're going to do. Let's assume that Jacob is Monday, so yeah. I don't know what they're going to do um, when it comes to the, the start on Saturday. I, I would like to see Dustin Wolf one more time yeah, before he goes uh, back down to the Wranglers, but I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't.
10: Yeah, I just want to also point out one more thing before I close this up. But uh, yeah, Vladar was awesome tonight uh, despite the last bad game against... Uh, Minnesota Wild, he here. I think he was awesome today, especially keeping us uh, within the uh, two-goal game and as well in the shootout here, a couple uh, good saves as well. So, uh, thank you to Bladder as well. All right, Pat, have a good night and talk to you on Saturday.
2: Okay, and Andy, You have yourself a great night, hey?
10: Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye.
2: Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. Flames fall by a 3-2 score and a shootout to the Minnesota Wilds. The Flames fall to 0-1-1 against Minnesota this season. One more game against them on their season series. And uh, they finish 0-1-2 on this road trip. They uh, lose 6-5 in Colorado. They lose 5-4 in overtime in Vegas tonight. 3-2 in a shootout against the Minnesota Wild. We've been talking a lot about Yegor Sharangovich and the way he's played. He's been very good, and uh, he had a goal and an assist and a shootout goal in this game tonight. Let's hear from Yegor Sharangovich, post-game in Minnesota.
11: Good game for us, you know, but uh, like we had more opportunities to, you know, score a third goal and win the game, but, you know, we, like, it's a good game, but it's not enough two goals to win. Like we should score more and win the game. What did you see? Uh, you had a couple of chances, I think, after your
6: after Blake made it uh, two-one. A couple of chances in the third. What were you kind of seeing and feeling
11: uh, off your stick? Yeah, it's like cleaned twice, and mind you, like make it two good plays to me. Like, and I should score it. You know, this, this, these chances and. You know, like, because, you uh, know, a couple of times hit the post and it's like, I know, I just should the score this one with, like, this chance. I, I know you guys have been in every game on this road trip, but, you know, some
6: disappointments. How do you kind of balance the, you know, obviously the fight and, and the games
11: you played, but just not being able to find wins? I don't know. I think, we, you know, maybe, like, today, like, not good first period, you know, and... When we play it hard, you know, when you just play it hard, you know, and, you know, when we play it hard, it's, we make it turnovers, like, make a chances to, you know, to score. And, like, when you just play it, our system, every game, like, all 22 guys, and we'll win the game.
2: That is Yegor Sharangovich, another goal and an assist post-game on the road in Minnesota. Let's get to tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic, and, uh, I'm going to go Dan Vladar. I I thought Dan had himself a really solid game tonight. And, you know, when you take a look at the way um, The way things have gone for Dan in, in a lot of games this year, uh, maybe has not been, maybe have not gone, uh, maybe he hasn't had his best outing. There's been some nights where he's let in some softies. Uh, there is a six-goal outing, his last start Monday in Colorado. I thought this is one of Ladar's best starts of the year, this one or the Vegas game at home. I, I thought Ladar was dialed tonight. Uh, there were no softies, that's for sure. The two goals he allowed, can't put those ones. Like, I don't think you look at those and say, oh well, uh, Dan should have those. Um, I, I think Vladar was a big reason why it was only one nothing after 20 minutes of play. And then in the second and third period, even though the flames were better, there were still some breakdowns and uh, there were still a lot of quality opportunities generated by Minnesota tonight when it was all said and done. Uh, At 5-on-5 this evening, uh, the Wild had a 10-6 edge when it came to slot opportunities. When you count in power plays, it was 12-11. Like, there were were some big stops made by Dan Vladar tonight. He made that unbelievable stop in the shootout as well. So I'm going to go Dan Vladar as tonight's player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. Okay, we just named Dan Vladar the player with heart following this game. Made 31 stops on 33 shots this evening. Let's hear from Dan Vladar post game in the locker room. Really solid night for Vladar between the pipes. Here's Dan following a 3 2 shootout loss to the Wild.
12: I mean, uh, I made a poor putt play in the uh, first period, right? Like, you know, then quick two-on-one and uh, obviously nice shot. But, you know, uh, don't want nothing again. And, uh, I mean, guys did a great job in front of me tonight. I thought we were the better team and we deserved those two points. And i in seen a shootout. It's like a lottery, right? Like, they got a bunch of skill guys. But, you know, it's just what it is. Like, uh, just for me, I gotta still stay stay with it, and uh, you know, just keep doing the same things, and hopefully, the results are gonna come for me.
6: Obviously, made some big saves all the rest of that first one. Did you see the game kind of shift? It you know it looked like you guys kind of took some momentum
12: over you know in the midway for the second. Yeah, that's why I'm there. Right, like obviously, uh, last couple of weeks weren't great from my side, so you know I was just trying to back get back on track as as soon as I uh, as soon as I could, and uh, you know I was just doing all, all the best. We're working hard um, on the ice, off the ice, and just doing everything so so uh, I can. Make I, I can perform well or eight so you know just the results are still not there so I'm hoping you know if I'm gonna get a uh, more chances I'm, I'm just gonna you know keep or get some W's
6: I, I mean obviously they, they tie it up real quick right after you guys take the lead in the third but what um, you know what did you see as the rest of that period went
12: on and just in front of you as, as you guys kind of you know draw it off um, you know like there they're a pretty good team too, right? They got those two, top two lines. They can make some plays. So, but I, th- I thought that every time they were out there, like our urgency was unreal, and guys were, you know, a couple, couple of rebounds the guys cleared, and you know, even even though they had maybe a couple of tips, like still, you know, it popped in front of me, and guys would just put it in a corner. So, I thought uh, we played really well defensively tonight. We just, you know, couldn't couldn't bury like their goalie made some some nice saves. But, you know, as I said, I thought I thought it we deserved those two points. Yeah,
6: it Shiro goes either way, obviously, but uh, what. If- you feel or see on the Zuccarello chance where you know they went back and reviewed it afterwards.
12: What they might have hit your stick? Yeah, I thought I thought I hit it with my pedal. Like it was a similar play like uh, in Toronto against Marner. Like I yeah. thought I hit it, but you know I gotta go see it. Like I was at that moment, I was pretty confident that I hit it. It went back to him, and uh, when I was shin pads, but I gotta look into it. And obviously, you know, the guys with the cameras they see better than I do, I guess. So.
2: There you go. That is Dan Vladar post game after a 3-2 shootout loss in. Minnesota. Let's get to uh, looking ahead as we take a look at what's next for the Flames. Looking ahead brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. Okay. Uh, Next up for the Flames is Tampa Bay on Saturday night. 8 o'clock face off right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's also on Sportsnet West and 360 on television so uh, the Flames and Lightning split their two games last season Uh, Flames lost 4-1 on the road in Tampa and then won 6-3 at the Dome in January overall since the start of the 2018-19 season Flames and Lightning have played seven times and Calgary is 2-4-1 in those seven matchups uh, against Tampa Bay uh, since the beginning of the 2018-19 season Uh, So that is next up for the Flames. The Lightning on Saturday. Then a two-game homestand wraps up Monday against the Florida Panthers. And then a road trip begins one week from tonight, next Thursday, uh, against the Anaheim Ducks. That is Looking Ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Your final score, 3-2 in a shootout. Flames uh, fall and only get the single point tonight after uh, they held a third-period lead for a third consecutive game on this road trip, unable to close that out. Let's head back to the text line at 960-960 uh let's says uh one of the themes by the way on the text line tonight has been jonathan huberdo and his shootout attempt let's start with eddie who says uh pat i think the shootout loss was huska's fault i think huska put in elias and huberdo on the shootout to try and get them going for future games i can understand putting one or the other in but not both this loss is on huska thoughts i i you know the the, the Huberto one is the biggest head-scratcher for me. Um, you know, Lindholm had the really nice assist on the Sharon Govich goal, so maybe I can see putting Lindholm in the shootout. But, I don't know, you've got skill like Zeri, and you've got, you know, Rasmus Anderson's had some nice shootout attempts before. Um, you Blake Coleman, I'd be interested in seeing him in a shootout. It just, to go Huberdo with the game on his stick... With, uh, it was just a head-scratcher to me. It would, would not have been the guy that I would have gone to um, in that situation myself. Uh, this says, great... Uh, thank you, Eddie, by the way. This says, a great effort again tonight. Deserved at least one point. I think they absolutely have to scratch Huberdo slash sending, send him home. He's not playing anything close to NHL level. Uh, This from Avro. I'm not sure who's picking the lineup three-on-three, but this was hands-down brutal. The same three guys go in that uh, that lost us the last game. Why do they insist on a D-man in there? And it's puzzling that Anderson was the guy. uyghur has been a game-changer and deserved that. That being said, I would have went with their top three of Kadri, Zary, and Pospisil. These guys are awesome with puck possession, and that's the name of the game when it's three-on-three. As far as the shootout lineup, it was disgusting that Huberdeau and Lindholm were in there instead of Zary and a half dozen and other players that would have been better. All the hard work by the boys was lost from a couple of core, poor coaching decisions. Only thing that I would say about um every team puts a D man out there. So that's not I'm not saying that you couldn't go with three forwards if you really wanted to, but everybody puts out a uh, everybody puts out a D man like, you know, Tonight, Minnesota had d man out there, and Colorado puts D-men out there. Vegas had a D-man out there. So that isn't all that crazy. Um, this says, I think the Flames played good hockey. I thought Vladar got ripped off on the double touch in the shootout. Um this says, honestly shocked how quickly we've reached the it is what it is stage with Huberto. So much of the offseason narrative was about how it's on the players to improve after Sutter was dismissed, but he and Lindholm have gotten even worse. Uh, this from Dave and Altador. Another game they could have won. Love the effort this team puts out. Don't mind a loss when they have this type of effort. That's one thing that is true. You can't fault the effort level on this road trip. Just the results have not been there. This says, I'm clearly not an NHL coach. However, I have to question some of the decisions Huska makes. Lindholm and Huberdo in the shootout when neither are producing. Yikes. This says, uh, Pat, I told myself I was completely voting for Calgary. I see improvements and look for more going forward. Sharon Govich, awesome. He looks so committed. Like seeing Manjapani skating between two defenders. Not sure about Huberdo to take the shootout. Why not go with something different like Zeri or Greer? Uh, what else we got here on the text line at 960-960? This says Huberdo in the shootout's a win-win. Either he scores and gets confidence and becomes a superstar again, or he misses and they lose and win by losing. Hashtag team tank. Um... This says, I think on a positive note, Ryan Huska and the staff deserve credit. They were right there against three good teams, but they just don't have the horses. This, Pat the elephant in the room makes $10 million a season. The elephant is smart and is liked. The team needs to dump the elephant's salary and look at a top three free agent. I just uh, don't know how you do that right now, dumping $10.5 million a is not an easy thing to do in this day and age. In the sh- in the shootout, uh, Vince says Huberto is no confident confidence rather he's nonchalant on the shootout that contract is ridiculous they're stuck with this guy for eight years huska needs to be a bit stern he's too soft of a coach play the young guys but those young and put those young guys in shootouts conroy needs to start moving players and put his stamp on the team they should have been three and zero on this road trip instead of oh one and two that comes from vince Smiley says, uh, Patty, what's your ideal three to put out for the shootout? Um, I don't have an ideal three. I've got an ideal one and then go by feel from there. The ideal one is named Diego Sharangovich, Sharon Govich and th- then from there yeah, I, I think you kind of go on trends in the game itself. I, I think Zary's a guy I'd be interested in seeing in a shootout um, especially with the confidence he's showing. He's got really nice hands so Zary's a, a name that I would think about. Tonight I would have been thinking a lot about Blake Coleman for instance because uh, Coleman's been playing really well but I do uh, there's only one guarantee or there's only one um, th- there's only one for sure for me. And that would be Yegor Sharon, Um, This says, Scott and Calgary, in terms of Jonathan, is there a possibility of sending him down? I know that probably wouldn't sit well with someone making that kind of money, but if I was a player making less or less established in the league and they were having troubles, they'd have gotten sent down to build up their confidence and to figure out what's going on so they don't hurt the main team. Because right now, he's actively hurting the main team, and I don't know if benching someone or sitting them in the press box would be worse than putting them down in the minors to sort themselves out. Problem is, Jonathan's got a full no-move clause and could block any move to the minors, even if they wanted to do that. So, unfortunately, no, they, they would not really been able to put him in the minors, unfortunately for this texter who's suggesting it. Um, a couple other questions asking about that as well, and again, the no-move clause complicates those things. Um, <clears throat> this says... Uh, The so-called non-goal, let's put a pause on it and look again. Had the puck crossed the line, watch Coleman. Puck is not in sight, and he just jams his stick into Gustafson, which in turn would have been challenged and in all probability called back. As for Huberto, again, a brutal decision by Huska. As with the first goal gaff, this was a no-win for Huberto. Even if he scored, people would have said his night was even. If anything, the spotlight needs to be turned off him until he finds the light himself. Easier said than done, I would say, on that front. Rick says, another solid effort with frustrating results. Barring a marked turnaround for Jonathan by season's end, here's a bold prediction. He wrangles a leave of sorts, or something which could theoretically breach his contract, possibly even retire to kill his contract. He seems far too conscientious and sensitive to endure anything similar past this season. He's a good person. Huska again rolls the dice with number 10 in the shootout. High risk, potentially high reward. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I say that only because that would, um, there's still $10.5 $10.5 million a season on the table for the next seven years when it comes to Jonathan Huberdeau. This from Dylan in Revelstoke. Pat, I could be negative about a bunch of stuff because I'm good at it, and it's true, but let me switch it up a bit. I really hope the uh, that Sharon Govich stays long-term. He's been great for them since settling in and could be a great complementary piece to a competitive team in five or six years. Vladar played very well, too. His last three have finally been great. Also enjoy watching Pospisil... Get under people's skin and laugh about it. And how about Gilbert, credited with 10 blocks in four games, but I think the number's a lot closer to 18 or so? There are positives among the sea of crap. Have a swell evening, Patty. That comes from Dylan in the Stoke. A um, few more techs at 960, 960. This says, when Lindholm inevitably moves on from Calgary, what's the future look like down the middle? Flames have spent forever looking for center depth, and Lindholm, Kadri, Backlund's the best they've had in forever. Clearly not working, though. Sharon Govich could fill a spot. Zeri could slide over. Does Hanzek project as a center? Well, on the front of Hanzek maybe, but I think that they project him as a winger, at least early on in the NHL. Zari, I think they project as a winger for now. Sharon Govich, maybe he has played some center this season for them. They'd still have Kadri and back uh, Kadri. They'd still have Kadri. I was gonna say Kadri and Backlund. They'd still have Kadri and Backlund as um, as center icemen. But again, both guys are well over thirty, so they They don't really have a ton of clear no questions asked center depth going forward here that's that's an area that you know they they might be looking at targeting whether it is in some of the deals they end up making or in the drafts that they have coming up in twenty twenty four twenty twenty five um This says, Pat, can you put a player on LTIR for mental health reasons? It would seem that Huberto is experiencing something seriously bad from a mental health standpoint. Looking at his career stats, nothing else seems to be a possible explanation for what's going on for him. That comes from Corey. Well, what we're seeing is, and and, and, um, I'm I'm very sensitive to the whole mental health conversation myself, Um, we are seeing a guy that right now is dealing with confidence issues. That that goes without question. Unfortunately, no, you know, un, unless there are some serious things. Like well, Oliver Shillington is, is dealing with uh, um, some, some serious mental health things and has been for the last year and a half. And so when a player actually has to take a leave and feels like he can't be around the rink, then yes, you can go LTIR. I just don't think that's the scenario we're talking about when it comes to Huberto in this situation. He's just lost a lot of confidence um, when it comes to his overall game. Uh, This says, first-time texter, I'm a Canucks fan, but I genuinely feel bad for how that game ended. My question is why the confidence isn't there to be playing the young guys who prove every game that they should be there, but instead Huska picks one great choice in Sharon Govich, but why not let Zeri Pospisil go for it? Huska knows his players that should be doing the shootout, but yet picks one that time and time again shows they can't. It kind of feels like they're being let down because of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, again, I think I've made my, my thoughts rather clear on going Huberto in the shootout. It was a head-scratcher for me. Um, this says, um, <laughs> maybe a stupid question. Can an NHL contract state a players guaranteed power play minutes or shootout attempts, etc.? I can't think of any other reason for Huberto to be in the shootout unless there is a gun to their head. I've heard their reasons before not buying it anymore. Uh, that's from Stephanie in Varsity. No, there's nothing that, that says that he has to be in a shootout. I, I don't know. Maybe Huska saw something on the bench, felt something on the bench. I, I don't know why Jonathan was the guy who went uh, number three in the shootout with the game on the line. I, I really don't. I, I don't have an answer because that's not the way I would have gone. And usually I don't get too nitpicky about shootout attempts, but that one was a, a definite head-scratcher. Um. This says, entertaining game, but this will be the mantra for the rest of the season like most other seasons. Just out of the playoffs and just good enough to have no shot at a franchise draft pick. Your ideal three in the shootout are Sylvia, George, and Robert. That comes from KC. And finally, this says, work hard, play well, and lose. That's good. Hashtag Team Tank. Rebuild, not retool. There you go. Text line hopping tonight at nine Let's get back to the phone lines for the final time tonight. Got four more calls to get to tonight following a flames 3-2 shootout loss to the minnesota wild starting with robert hello robert what's going on hello
13: patrick hello sir this is uh, going to make you happy tap bay your team six and seven they're going to go nine and nine and win the super Bowl like the giants did
2: <laughs> that's funny but i appreciate the optimism they're in first, Patty. I know they are. Um, they either they either play really entertaining games or are down thirty-five nothing at the half.
13: You know the Giants nine and nine beat New England in a Super Bowl. You remember? Oh, that, I right?
2: remember vividly. They beat Tampa Bay on the way to that Super Bowl win yeah. that
13: year. Patty, uh, I want to ask you something, Patty. Before I want to – a couple of things, I want to say to you: this defense, this defensive points. Are we in the top ten in points? Can you look it up quickly? Points. In terms Four. of defensemen scoring, yeah, I I don't, know, sure how to, I don't know
2: how to I don't know how to look that up quickly, Robert. I don't okay. I don't. I'd have to okay. like scour
13: through. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're in the t- in the top ten. That yeah, wouldn't I think surprise I that make me. A lot of points. That wouldn't surprise me. Okay. No. You know. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I am nice tonight. I'm actually quite. Patty, there's a. Co- let me give the kudos, Coleman, Sheringovich, and Zari. Pleasant surprises, really, really mm-hmm. pleasant surprises. Agreed. Tonight, Patty, I seen Backland. I was watching a bit of game after on, uh, you, back, even backs, I got a look on backs tonight. His body language. I think even backs, our captain is. He doesn't know any more answer. There were a few plays, Patty. I seen his face. It wasn't very good. What I what I interpreted, I could be totally wrong. Well, I mean, I I
2: don't I don't know for sure, but I I do know that you know Michael Backlund signed back here because he yeah. felt like this team had more of a chance to win than mm-hmm. than perhaps what it felt like last season, and here they are, three games below five hundred and kind of even worse off this year than they were last year. So I, I could understand some frustration yeah. for from Backlund now, and he's also the captain. So I, I, yeah. I wonder if there's a little bit more owner, not not to say that he's been a guy that hasn't taken ownership before, but now no, no. I wonder if you own it even more because you're the yeah. captain of the
13: team, right? You, you know, Patty, saving grace, we're actually 11 and 19 w- without that loser point. Yes.
2: Yes. In-
13: now, I want to talk about a couple of players, Patty, before I get to the main one quickly. Manjapani, he's got to stop taking those penalties, Patty. Like, I know he's trying hard, but you know, Patty, when Manjapani, I told you the last time I had that rate. I think I wasn't expecting a lot of goals from Manjapani, like the 35 yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good, feisty player. He reminds me of a Gallagher, but I think now. He's he's getting frustrated, and he's taking too many dumb penalties, Number The number two guy, Duve, even though he's an average game, Patty. tonight, I don't see nothing in Duve. I know Lubo used to rant, but Lubo's not here. I've never liked this player. But the third guy, Patty, I want to talk before I get to the main guy is Rasmus. Since that lunacy in Columbus, Rasmus hasn't shown the next step up. And now we're going to talk about Erasmus. Rasmus got to give more and be better. Right or wrong? Rasmus is not fulfilling what I thought Rasmus could be.
2: Um, I don't, I, I think that he, I think I've maybe got a little bit more of a favorable opinion of him this year that, mm-hmm. than you do um, in saying that. I, I do think there have maybe been some stretches this year where he hasn't been um, as as strong as I believe that he's capable of being. Where the, the area where I think that he really needs some growth in is on the power play. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's got the skill set to be – a really solid power play forward. I uh, sorry, power play quarterback. Right. But it hasn't been great in that regard this year, and that is one of, not the only, but I think right. Rasmus Anderson not being as uh, dynamic back there hmm. is a is one of the reasons why the power play has struggled so mightily this season.
13: Right. Because to me, Patty's our best defenseman all around. Anyway, quickly, Ryan Oskar, nice guy. But, Patty, I'm getting a lot of warning signs, a lot of utilization of players, a lot of things that this, this coaching staff is going to get swallowed up. I think they're way over the league. Especially the team, I, I, that's my opinion. I hope I'm wrong because I think Oskar is a good man. But I don't think this team needs a good man. Now let's talk to the Let's pick it up where you said it, Patty. Because actually, I bought it up this during that irate, but you probably didn't hear me. <laughs> okay. What happens if Huber is broken, unfixable? You know, Patty. I've seen players retire in football, Sanders in soccer. They don't. They don't have it. They, they, it's no fun. They don't want to play. What happens if he's there? Almost. Hockey's not fun. Doesn't matter the ten half million. What if what truly if he is broken, unfixable, and he's up maybe at that point, which we don't know, but it could be hockey's not in it anymore, he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it anymore to compete. Am I talking lunacy?
2: I don't know. Um, I think, I think for a guy who loves the sport mm-hmm. and and I, I, the the thing that I've always appreciated about Jonathan since he's been here is the way that he carries himself and the professionalism, the the way that this is just like, this is his profession and he takes a lot of pride in his profession. Um, I think that for him to get to that point, there would have to be a whole lot more that was tried out than what we've seen to this point. But, it is it is concerning. I can't sit here and tell you that what we've seen over the 100-plus games he's played as a member of the Flames is anything but concerning. Uh, it has been – there have been way more nights where he's been a non-factor than nights where it's been the other way, and that – for a guy who is your high by far your highest paid player and the largest contract holder in franchise history. Yeah. I yes. mean, the organization's yeah. terrified about it. I think as a Flames fan, it's understandable that you're really concerned about it.
13: You know, Patty, I've seen a few soccer players in any day, something like Cooper. Five, six good. I'm not saying he's at that point but Patty, believe me, Barry Sanders used to love football. All of a sudden he says Patty, I don't know the psyche. We you'll know what he's But, and, you know, Patty, interesting today, before the game, where a few of the boys, you know, everybody says when somebody's playing bad, you know, he's being a detriment to the game. My point today was, if I was Oscar, I would play, I would even play him more. Like, give him even more ice time. Like, I know it sounds crazy, because when he's on the ice, like tonight he costs a goal, you think he's a detriment. But maybe... Even give him more ice time, like really gas him out, play him 29, 30 minutes. And just I see. I don't know if that sounds crazy. See if that gets him going. Yeah.
2: I mean, again, as I said earlier, I don't think there's a lot of things that you can suggest when talking about trying to to kickstart Jonathan's broken, career. What's is that?
13: It's exactly psyche so bad. Like, I'm pretty sure he hears all the comments. He hears all the stuff, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm grasping a straw. The only thing, Patty, before I go, yes, he is a likable person. But honestly, Patty, sometimes you never know what happens mentally, psychologically. If you are broken and unfixable, you you bought it up, I heard you say. And that's not very good territory to go over very – or to go there, Patty. Because believe me, when you're in that state Patty, quickly brother, say he would retire a couple years. What happens to his contract? Uh if he
2: retires, then, then his contract would he uh, uses
13: like personal reason, mental. If if,
2: if if he decides to retire, then his contract is is no longer in play. He's not over okay. he's not over thirty five, so his contract would just That's uh, right,
13: that's what yeah. I thought that pleasure. Yeah. Okay, Patty, my
2: man. Thank you. Thanks, go Robert.
13: Tampa Bay. Fingers crossed. Boot, Patrick. Bye, buddy.
2: He's talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, by the way, not the Tampa Bay Lightning, who the Flames play on uh, on Saturday. Just to clarify that. Um, let's say hello to Parsons following a three-two shootout loss in Minnesota. What's up, Pars?
14: Hey, brother.
8: Yeah,
2: that was
14: a another tough one there today, um, especially how it closed out, but. Um, you know, it's funny with this team, you now. you know, at first we had a problem with catching up in games constantly to actually scoring, you know, the first goal in some of these games and actually taking a lead into the third. And now it just seems like this team's kryptonite is the third period and we're just bleeding points as it goes along. Um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, and I appreciate his uh, thoughts, is uh, Brent Cron. I think uh, he put it perfectly, I think it was a few days ago, it was on an afternoon show where he said, you know, the thing with this team is, like, it feels like this team, every game, it's like bleeding a stone, like, you have to get maximum effort out of every single person on this team to even have any chance of success, whereas, you know, you go against a team that, you know, has some talent on it, and it's you know, a little bit easier for him. So, I mean, so I I can, this is another game that kind of screams that to me, but um, on a positive note, uh, hey, that Yegor Sharkey-Sheringovic guy, he just keeps getting better and better. Um, I really like this guy, and I liked when we acquired him. I thought that was a sneaky little move. Um, It feels like you could put this guy on any line, on this team and he's going to find a way to um, breed some success for himself and his line mates, which is, I don't think I could say that about any other player on this team, which is kind of interesting, but um thought he had a great night. Paz um, <laughs> Pissil, it was awesome. I thought he had a great night. It was, you know, really cool watching that game within a game with him and Maroon tonight. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He's such a pest. Um, And, uh, of course, Coleman had a really good game again. So, I mean, there's some bright spots there. Uh, Gilbert had a good game too. Um, Oh, um, Tony brought up that Duclair, and you and I were talking about that the other day. Um, I want to stand by the fact that um, if if we're even – Am I interested in making a trade like that? I think it's got to be within season, not not to overpay him on the off season. And my reasoning is this, is, you know, A, he's playing in San Jose, so I'm pretty sure he'd be okay moving out um, on his current salary. That would give us about a half season with the guy. Um, I'm sure he'd be excited to play with Hubert again. At least a half season to see what? You know what kind of chemistry is on this team with him on it, without overpaying him on the off because that could be a gong show too. So
2: see, I don't worry about overpaying him at all because you're not going to give him a super long term deal. Nobody is. Um, and yeah, but, but, if, but why, if you're why, if you're going to yeah. be going in a different direction and if you're going to be going in a younger direction, then you're not anywhere near as worried about your salary cap, and so that just feels to me like a really good uh, like you you've got the luxury sometimes like what Anaheim did with Radko Goudis they they went out and they they gave more term and more money to Goudis than a lot of other teams would have and he chose to sign there Anaheim wasn't looking to um, take massive steps this year, but they were like, we, we see Gudis is a good guy to be with our young players, and we think he'd be a really good fit here, and we're willing to pay a little bit more to have him here and see if he can rub off on certain guys. That's kind of what I'm thinking about with Duclair is that, you know, maybe the Flames would be in a situation where if they're going younger and they're trading away some bigger contracts, well, they're not really worried about what their cap looks like for a little while. So you can, if Duclair's getting two years at $3 million everywhere else, you can give them three years at $4 million.
14: Yeah, but I just, why overpay if you don't have to, I guess, like...
2: Because I, I, who cares at that first... point is kind of, is, is my thought.
14: Well, I mean, you might want to utilize some of your assets to just do this. Like San Jose might, uh, their scouts might like a Rizitschka or a Dubé, something along that lines. Money out, money in. I don't know if they're those guys, those two guys are long-term aspirations of this team anyways as part of the core. So I don't know. That's just my take on it. But um, I'll move off to that. But, uh, Pat, this, this um, I, I know you don't like talking about it too much and you know i mean it is what it is for shootouts but i i gotta say i putting Lindholm and huberto out there like i mean we've talked what? about
2: it all night pars I, I know I didn't, but i didn't but, i don't know what huberto was doing out there either right? well i don't even
14: know what Lindholm's doing out there the guy just seems like a shell of himself and i i don't even know if i've ever seen him score a shootout goal so
2: at least Lindholm looked a little bit more dynamic tonight. He had the really nice assist yeah, on but that's not the a power play. Yeah,
14: but that's not a reason to put a guy on the shootout. Like, a shootout is a game within a game as well. Like, you got to be smart about that. I mean, we got some young guys who probably got some crazy moves. You know, don't put out a couple of veterans who, you know, probably the goalies have a scouting report on them. Um and I, I don't know, Pat, what to do about Huberto. Um, I don't know if we have to hire Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, for a million bucks to follow him around for the rest of the year. But the only way I can see us getting out of that Huberto contract is if we did something along the lines of, you know, what we did with Lucic and Neal. Um, you got to take back a back, bad contract, maybe something along the lines of a Patrick Laine. Um, but again, Liney's
2: only got two years left. Huberto's got... Right.
14: I mean, you'd have to augment that, obviously, but... Um, Huberto's got somehow, seven
2: years left. What? Yeah, so that's a, that's a five-year offset.
14: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess that was a bad idea. <laughs> well, I mean... But something, something. It, yeah, I don't know, yeah. That's the only way I can see us getting out, of, out from under him is bad money somehow, somewhere. But, or we can just get Tony Robbins, buddy, you know? But, well, uh, I,
2: I, uh, I don't know <laughs> what, I don't know what's going to, I honestly don't know what, I, I'm worried about it. I really want it to work for the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm really rooting for him, but it's, it's concerning. There's,
14: it, it's very concerning.
2: Yeah. So anyways, that's all I got, buddy. Um, hope you have a good rest of your night. Okay. Thanks, Parse. Take care. Two more calls, starting with Travis. What's up, Trav?
15: Bobby. What's up? Lame fans are going, cr- fans are going crazy about Huberto. It's, uh, it's it's quite interesting to listen to. I, I'm not quite like that. It, it kind of is what it is. Um, it, it sucks, obviously, you want more, but, you know, the cap is going to go up substantially, and I think that contract, it just kind of is what it is. I, I think in Dallas, so I, maybe Sagan and, and Ben have been better, but, but it's a similar situation. I think you could still build even with that bad contract. Um, and on the on the second note, we're going to sign Gaudreau pretty much for very similar – well, our, my understanding is it's probably offered him the same contract. Johnny yeah, Gaudreau is – Johnny Gaudreau this year in 31 games. And what is that? I, and I,
2: I don't, I don't say this to be a jerk, but like, what does that have to do with anything?
15: Well, well I think it has something to do with that. A lot of things. They're going to sign him the same contract, so it's Hubert or Gaudreau. We could have Gaudreau on the team, and and we have Huberdeau. It, it is, it's the same thing.
2: So well, I, what I'm do you, what don't... do you mean? Like, well, I, I'm just trying to figure out. Like, what do you mean? It's the same thing. <laughs>
15: They're playing the same. We're going yeah, to but, uh, Gaudreau, well, uh, You have so no we, idea. Like that, have that has
2: nothing to do with anything. Johnny Gaudreau, first of all, had 74 points last year, which was almost 20 more than Huberdeau. He, and and Johnny Gaudreau was, we know that Gaudreau was a fit with Lindholm, and he went and signed in a new play. I think that that, that almost is... Johnny, at 99, well, well, that, had That's not the way I look at it. That's not, that's
15: not how I look at it. I, I just look at it as, we could have Goudreau, we could have Huberto. And, I, think, I think, I think.
2: I guess... I still prefer to have Huberto, so... Are you That's serious? Yeah, because I don't like Goudreau, so... Just because um, he bailed on the Flames?
15: No, I, I, he's just really small. I don't think you're ever going to win with him anyways, and maybe it's all a mute point, but but to me, it just is what it is. We we can sit here and beat the drum. Well, and be I, I'm not, I'm not
2: saying we should pile on Huberto all the time. <laughs> I'm just saying that... Had, had they re-signed Johnny Gaudreau, I, I don't think we'd be having the same conversations.
15: And that's probably pretty fair. And then just on the second point, though, you say, well, I wouldn't move an asset to try to get Huberto going. But if that's the biggest concern and the biggest contract in Flames history, I think you've got to do anything in your power to get him going.
2: I just don't think I I just don't know what it matters like not that not not what it matters I just don't think I just don't know why you have to rush it this year they're they're almost certainly going in a different direction anyway by trading away these UFAs so what's the rush when you can try to get them for free in the offseason
15: because I don't think the acquisition cost is going to be that overwhelming and I think the sooner you get Huberto going, the better. The longer this goes on, what's, what's the more like concerning what, it What gets. is
2: the acquisition cost that would you'd be okay with?
15: I don't know. Fourth round pick?
2: I don't know. I don't know f- if that's they, realistic. They I really fifth. don't.
15: They paid a the fifth for him? I don't, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know. I think you have to do everything in your power to get Huberto going. He's your highest paid player. But and he's going to the be their highest paid player
2: is, next year, too. So we're, we'll have to yeah, agree. Yeah, but, I, you're not convincing me. Like, we'll have to agree no, to no, disagree but, on that one.
15: So, so you let this drag on for a whole other season. The guy's confidence is even worse. I think the sooner you get it on track is the better for everyone involved. Well, you're, you're that assuming that
2: Anthony Duclair comes in and gets him on track, though. That's a well, lot well, to put no on Anthony knows. Duclair. N-
15: nobody knows, including yourself. But I think you've got to try something. And if it doesn't work, you're going to have to try something else in the offseason. season so I think you got to do everything in your power to get them going.
2: Yeah. I, I, am not, <laughs> I, I'm not with you on that one. Travel. have to agree to disagree.
15: Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Um, and I guess the other way we could get them going is the power play, <laughs> like the power play. What do we do? And I know I brought this up before, but like, but like, like I heard maybe on the post game show or whatever, but you know, a lot of times your star players get a lot of points on the power play and this power play, can hardly even keep it in the zone and keep zone time, so I mean at least they um, scored
2: tonight, they actually didn't look bad tonight on the power play, so that's a i guess silver lining to the whole thing
15: um, and and I kind of heard George briefly saying like maybe eight years and I know maybe he's exaggerating for Rebo, but I think you could see a lot of similar moves like this Sharrenkovvic trade and just bringing younger assets like that are that are much more. NHL ready with some upside that I think could could really help the team. Um, it, it doesn't mean you're just trading for draft picks, right? Yeah. So.
2: Well, and I know that so. that is one thing that, um, that that the Flames are interested in is younger younger guys who are also NHL ready is also something that they covet when talking about these some of these things. So I don't think it is like if when they trade away Hannafin, if when they trade away Lindholm, Tanev, et cetera, I, I think that you're talking about a combination of picks for sure, but also prospects and or young NHL ready players.
15: Another point, I'm um, sharing Man, He's been playing well. And um, I, I, I forget where I was listening to it. it was on the radio tonight, but you know, they say a lot of times that, um, offense comes kind of from the defensive side of the game. And I think Sharon Govich all season has been pretty strong defensively. So so I don't think it should be a complete surprise that maybe that's translating to more offense for him. Does that make any sense to you?
2: Yep. He's a really strong two-way guy. And that has continued while there's been a little bit of – like he's just – There's way more confidence in using his shot, way more confidence in going to tough areas. Take a look at the goal he scored tonight. That was because he was in the right place. He read a power play. um, He read a power play situation really well and got to his spot, got to that, like timed it right so that, you know, they they didn't give it, like didn't give the wild enough time to telegraph what Lindholm was going to do. So yeah, he's been, he, he just overall, and I think you're right, part of it is that his defensive game and what he does away from the puck is really strong too.
15: Um, And then I think obviously Dustin Wolf is going to be a big part of his team in the future. So I, I'd like to see nights like that from Vladar tonight just because I think that might be helps with his trade value. So I, I think we probably – should play him a little bit and hopefully he could have a few more games like that. Um, is that a move you see happening sooner than later or, or what do you, what's your thoughts on that? I,
2: I think the urgency level has to be ramped up on trying to get it done because I think you gotta, I, I think you gotta get Wolf into the NHL at this point. I do.
15: Yeah. He's proven everything. He needs to prove in the minors and, you know, he's showed, showed a lot of poise. Maybe the numbers aren't glowing, but, our goalie numbers in general over the last couple of seasons have, have been very similar for all the goalies. So I think he's pretty poised. And I just think the more, more reps and more games he gets, is just better for his long-term development, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I'm with you on that one. We don't have to agree um, to disagree on that one.
15: Yeah. So, um, and then just one last one. What do you think the game plan is here with Coronado? Because, you know he's really good in the minors there. and he didn't you know he kind of came up played one game I didn't get to watch that game, so I don't actually know how he played but but don't you think that that's just someone that should be on this team just like that's the direction we're going in here right so is it wouldn't it be beneficial or do you think there's still some legitimate or or some well I
2: don't think he's get like I don't think he's getting hurt by being in the American league um because that's i don't think that he's still a first year pro right so yeah, i don't i, I don't think that up. he's like i don't think you're setting him back by him being in the american league but at the same time i do think that there's a pretty good argument to be made that he could help you at the nhL level right now too um just because he i, I think his shot is a weapon and they are a team that has trouble scoring a lot of nights
15: do you think there's any worries from the Cornetto camp of him, you know, maybe being um, kind of upset that he's playing in the minors? Or or do you think that's just not really he, – he understands kind of the – Well, I mean, I don't think – I
2: don't think that they're in love with it. Um, but I also don't think that it's at the point now yet or or, or at all where it's like um, regretting signing here or anything like that. But I, I don't think that they are in love with it either.
15: Yeah, no, that's fair. But yeah, I think just let's make some trades. I, I don't like collecting these loser points. I don't want to finish in the middle. This team, this is the same story. They always they work hard. They can't always get that goal. They don't have that offense. And I think the only way to get it is with a higher draft pick. And it sucks to kind of want to tank a little bit, but. You know, if you finish and get a top five pick or something this year. Okay, now just quickly and we gotta got wrap
2: up quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let yeah, me yeah. let me throw this at you just to wrap it up. You're telling me that they should go out and get Huberdo going right away this season. Wouldn't that help the team and then thus make what you're saying a moot point? Like, wouldn't that make it harder for them to tank? I, I, I,
15: I totally know what you're saying, but I think once you move out those other pieces, this team is going to be, it's not going to be very good. They're not going to replace what they're moving out. So even if you get Hubert or going, like I don't think that's just going to totally offset. Like like I understand what you're saying. and am sure it's, I'm talking about this out of my mouth maybe a little bit, but I just don't think once you move Hannafin, tana from this decor
2: that no no and that's a fair rebuttal i just just wanted to ask you that question just because i know that i can push back on you so um that's a fair rebuttal uh good stuff Trav. appreciate it as always buddy buddy. yeah take care man and uh our last call tonight is from Blayton what's up Blayton oh hi pat how's it going i'm well how are you
16: i'm doing awesome first off i just wanted to say i love your show and uh i listen to it every single day you know, on Spotify, you get that little like notification at the end of the year that says like your top. The yeah, yeah, the, the Spotify Wrapped. Yeah, yeah, the, the Flames Talk podcast was my number one. Oh, that's
2: favorite, what I like so. to hear, Blayton. That you uh, that you are the type of people we like. That is, that's just me clapping, but I'm giving you a round of applause.
16: Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, I really appreciate your show. It's a great show. I love it. And I've, I've been listening for a really long time, Back, even back before it was on Spotify, back when it was just on the, uh, the old uh, AM radio. But uh, anyways, uh, the thing I wanted to talk about was the whole Huberto situation because I noticed a lot of people are saying they don't know what to do with them or how they can solve them. So I kind of thought of a little bit of a crazy idea. So feel free to push back on this if you think it's, it's too out there. But Okay. Um, I, I think somebody else mentioned it a different time a few weeks ago when we were also still talking about trying to get Huberto going, and that was moving him over to center. So I know that sounds a little insane because he hasn't played center in a very long time, but um, we're most likely going to be trading Lindholm at some point this season. So we're losing our number one center, how about trying Huberdele out uh, as the number one center?
2: Kind of similar to what they've been trying in, or what they did try in Columbus with uh, Patrick Liney when they tried to put him at center?
16: <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of similar, but I, I think in this situation it's a little different because Huberdele has shown in the past that he has been an elite player. I mean, he scored over 115 points, or I guess one over, but he scored 115 points at one point in his career. I don't think Patrick Laine ever scored that. No, he has not.
2: has never had a season like that, that's for sure.
16: Exactly. So Huberto's shown, like, some elite skill at some point in his career. He's played center before. Flames are going to be losing their number one center, and and we all know number one centers don't grow on trees here. So uh, in order to find one, like, I don't know what we'd have to do to get a number one center if we trade away Lindholm. So how about trying uh, Huberdeau at center, maybe putting him with some really young wingers, like uh, if maybe if Pelche comes back, he could be, be on his wing or maybe uh, call up Matt Coronado again, get him on the right wing, you know, or uh, even potentially keeping Sharon Golovich on the top line with, uh, with Huberdeau at center. I don't know. It's just an idea. I mean, <laughs> at this point... Well, I'll say like, this,
2: like... I guess the um, the the I'm not I'm not certain that it would be well received by the player. I, I I honestly don't know. I mean, last year remember they tried to play him on the right side, and there was a lot of talk about is he a right winger or is he a left winger, so on and so forth. Um, I mean, yeah, but
16: yeah. I, the agent, right? The, the agent was putting tweets out or X's out or whatever they call now about. Uh, yeah about him playing on the right side playing on the wrong side or whatever, you know. So I don't know, I don't know how he'd receive it either, but maybe he might respond well to it because maybe asking him to, you know, have a, a, a sort of a harder role because he'd be going to center and trying to mentor some younger players might get him to you know, step his game back up to where it was just a few seasons ago because we, we saw a similar thing happen with Kadri when we paired Kadri with some rookies like uh, uh, Zari. And I think originally he was with Sharon Gilvich. Then they, they got off control on his, yep. his right side, right? Yep. Kadri seems, seems to have responded really well to having young guys on his wing. And he elevated his game because he seems to be mentoring these young guys. And I think... I mean, I'm not saying I think it'll work. Like, I'm not saying this is a foolproof solution to the Huberdale situation. But at this point, like, why not try something? I I, I mean, I doubt the Flames would actually do this. I well, I'll say this. I'll say
2: something. this. <laughs> if they were to do it, I, I wouldn't be like, what are they doing? Because at this point, it's kind of hard to shut down anything. You say, well, I don't know, you can't do that because they got to get them going. And, and they have to figure this out at some point. and And so is it the number one thing that I would do, Blayton? No, maybe not. But that doesn't mean that it's not something that you couldn't think about doing. I, I don't know. I mean, if they were to do that, I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, at this point, anything's worth a try, which is kind of where I'm starting to get to with, with Jonathan. I and, really am. You know, with,
16: with this with, with this idea, this is just an idea, Uh it might actually help spotting the whole lineup, too, because, you know, Mangiapani has been struggling a lot this season. And uh, when he when he had his best season, two, I think it was two years ago, he, he scored 35 goals. Who was his uh, line mates that year? Who, what line was he played on?
2: That was mostly with Backlund and Coleman.
16: Exactly. So now he could spot back on his line because I think Mangiapani is way more... Um, impactful as a player when he plays down the lineup a little bit because he he doesn't have to sort of take on that role as, like, a first-line winger, which he, he's been trying to, you know, be uh, slotted as this year. Mm-hmm. And instead, if he played with Backlund and Coleman, who are more sort of his style of player, that he can actually um, be the scorer of that line, I feel like that might actually help him as well because right now is playing with Backlund and Coleman, which... I don't think are a great fit for him. I mean it's it's been a, a, a little bit of a better fit than with anybody else, I guess. But I mean lately it hasn't been working and it even though it started off okay when he first joined that line, right? So I don't know. It's just I'm just throwing things out there at well, this point. Uh,
2: I, I get it because I think that it's all kind of like a a grasping at straws thing, and I don't, I don't think that's even blatant that much of a grasp. It's, it's an interesting conversation to have.
16: Yeah, and then uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the goaltending.
11: Mm -hmm.
16: You know, we've got the whole three-headed monster, whatever you want to call it, with the uh, the three uh, goaltenders now because Markstrom's probably coming back soon. Yes. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like this season, it's, it's kind of been a struggle for all of the goalies. And uh, on a game-to-game situation, one thing I notice um, a lot of people say is, you know, oh, each goal was not the goalie's fault. And I, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but basically, usually at the end of every game, You know, whether you're talking to, uh, you know, some of the callers or, um, you know, Derek Wills or or whoever else, you know, it seems like you go over each goal and you say, well, that one was tipped in or that one was a deflection or that one was a breakaway or this was that. And I, I feel like we're kind of giving a little bit of a hall pass to the goalies almost every single game and just saying, oh, you know, it's not their fault that they let in five or they let in six or they let in whatever. But you know the stats are stats, and I I've noticed that the the save percentages for each of our goalies have been below league average, have they not?
2: Yeah, I mean like, they're I all below it. 900.
16: Yeah, so and, and I, I I'm not just trying to say like oh they're all bad goalies or anything like that. And I a lot of those aren't a lot of those goals like you can't really fault a goalie on a clear cut breakaway. I agree with that point, but sometimes I feel like people to say, like, oh, Markstrom was really good. He plays well. Those goals he let in weren't his fault. It was everyone else's fault. But at some point, you have to, like, look at your goaltenders and say, you know, we need we need numbers. Like, if, if, if the goalies all had their percentages above 900 and, like, you know, well above 900, we'll say, like, in the 9-10 range, like, I, I, I think that we'd have a lot more points at this point. I think we'd have a lot, uh, we'd be a lot closer to a playoff spot or in a playoff spot even solidly at this point. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that we uh, have bad goaltenders or anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, that, that could be part of our problem, and I don't think anybody looks at it very closely. And it, and it kind of has been uh, sort of uh, one of the, uh, the problems that the Flames have been facing this season and even last season as well. So i will say i, I do think,
2: think and, and Blayton, we got to uh we got to wrap up i appreciate the call man you have yourself a great night hey
16: yeah thank you you and, as well
2: and uh thanks for being a loyal stock listener. that's awesome
16: yeah no worries I, I love the show and just keep up the good work and hopefully you get better i noticed you were coughing a lot tonight so yeah i've got
2: i was around i, I think what it was if you need to be if you if you really want to go in depth I was around cats last night, and whenever I'm around cats, I've got an allergy, and the next 24 hours I'm coughing. That's why, so I'm almost certain that's what the the, uh, the deal is. I uh, I've got a bad allergy to cats, and I was around cats, and and here <laughs> I am, 24 hours later still coughing. Um, thank you, Blayton. Good call, man. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Pat. And the one thing that I would say is that just to wrap up the conversation, I do think. That goaltending has been better this year from a Flames standpoint. But Blayton's point is well taken. And I can't sit here and say that he is wrong, that the numbers are still the numbers. And I don't think the Flames have gotten overall elite goaltending this year. I think it's been better than last year, but I still think you could be... I still think you could have better goaltending overall from the uh, from the entire organization. But I do think it's a step forward from the struggles they had last season. Great stuff on the phone lines tonight. Great stuff on the text line tonight. Um... That's uh, some good stuff. Text line was uh, really strong this evening, and the phone lines really strong this evening. As we start to wrap up your Flames Talk post-game show, it is uh, time now for the final summary following a 3-2 shootout loss in Minnesota. So... Uh, Excuse me, the uh, Wild opened the scoring at uh, 442 of the first period. Matt Boldy scores his eighth of the year to make it 1-0 Minnesota. That was an unassisted goal at 442 and Minnesota led 1-0 after 20 minutes of play in the second period. Flames draw even on a uh, Yegor Sharangovich power play goal. Sharangovich picks up his 10th from Elias Lindholm and Connor Zary at 13:18. That's a power play goal, 1-1 after 40 minutes of play. Then early in the third period, Flames take their first win, uh, rather first lead of the game on a shorthanded Blake Coleman goal. Coleman gets his ninth of the year from Sharangovich at 4-13. That shorty made it 2-1. Flames tie at 45 seconds, sorry, wild tie it. 45 seconds later on a Marco Rossi goal. Rossi's 10th from Alex Goldogoski and Marcus Johansson at 458. And we had a 2-2 tie after 60 minutes of play. So off to overtime we go. In overtime, no scoring. So uh, after 65 minutes, this game still all square 2-2. Final shots were 40-33 in favor of the Flames Calgary. 1-3 for three on the power play. Minnesota 0-3 with the man advantage tonight. So off to a shootout we go. Wild went first. Matt Zuccarello scores. Answered by Yegor Sharangovich, who scores. Then Minnesota's next two shooters were Kirill Kaprizov and Freddie Gaudreau. They both miss. So do Elias Lindholm and Jonathan Huberdeau for the Flames. Off to a fourth round we go where Matt Boldy is able to score for Minnesota. Nazem Kadri unable to score for Calgary's of the Wild. Win the shootout 2-1. They win the game 3-2. Your three stars tonight, number three. Philip Gustafson, number two, Marco Rossi, and number one, Matt Boldy. With the loss, Calgary falls to 11-14-5. They're back in action Saturday when they welcome the Tampa Bay Lightning. As for Minnesota, they improved to 11-12-4. and four. They're also back in action Saturday when they welcome Vancouver. That is your final summary, and now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll us up in your Flames Talk post game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned, next up for Calgary, Saturday night when they take on the Minnesota Wild, that is an eight o'clock face off, which means we'll be on the air at seven o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Final score from Minnesota tonight, Flames fall three two in a shootout. This has been your Flames Talk post game show, available wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Calgary Flames hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.